Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. I'm here with co-host Mark Griffith. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And uh, I am very happy to have uh, Mayor Tim Burchett in studio with us. Thank you, uh, Mayor, for coming in. Thank you for having me, Kevin. We always look to talk to industry leaders, but we also take time to talk to our local politicians, people who are important to not only the city of Knoxville, but obviously Knox County, which you are in charge of. And one of the things that Mark and I just thought about was, you know, since we're right now kind of in the budget process, I know that you've put your budget out and we're having a vote on it here in just a few days. Uh, I believe, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of, you know, Know, moving parts but I think it really what we wanted to talk to you about was because the housing industry is so vital to our local economy and when we can have good neighborhoods and you know strong you know neighborhoods and, and all of the things that go into a community that's only going to be better for not only the jobs but also for education could you just maybe tell us a little bit about what your guiding principles are when it revolves around those three things sure I, I spent 16 years in the General Assembly as in Nashville in the state legislature, four years in the House and 12 years in the Senate, about a third of my life, actually, at the time. Um, of course, now I'm 47, so it's a little bit off of that. But um, you know, I, I think less government is, is, is a good starting point, and you say that, and, you say, and people say, well, you need to run government like a business. Well, people that say that have either have probably never been in government and business because the two are, are not. Use business, I use, like to say I use business like principles. We, um, when we, we've reduced the size of government in Knox County, the things that I have control over through the executive branch, I think this year we reduced it about $300,000 or something in that, in that ballpark. But, um, uh, actually a little under that, I believe. No, I'm sorry, $331,000. But what we do is we look at things like, um, because people talk about automation and a lot of times in government it's not that because you're dealing one-on-one with people and what we've done is um, when folks leave that have been there a long time sometimes we ask two, like if there are two people that are under them say do y'all want to step up and assume more responsibilities of course be paid more and then we, we still have the savings there and we put, put that down on paying down debt our debt in Knox County with interest is a billion dollars it's uh, it's six hundred and um, some odd uh, million dollars. Six, uh, I forget the exact amount, but it's but with interest, it's it's at a right at a billion dollars, and that's 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 uh, that's overwhelming. And we, you, we talk about Washington, uh, you know, they can't manage their money. Well, if we can't manage our money at the local, at the local level, we should just shut up because uh, we have. We're given a great opportunity. We're we're lucky in this area of the, of the country and this this area of the state actually that are um, we have one of the lowest um, unemployment rates of, of any uh, major metropolitan area. Matter of fact, we do have the lowest, and we've um, of course we have some other things that are 
that are uh, out the government entities. We have TVA, we have um, University of Tennessee, and of course we have Oak Ridge, and we're sort of sitting all right in the middle of all that, and <clears throat> we in, and we benefit from that. You see on on scales. I can remember when the legislature, when you see the economy going going down, uh, that 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 Knox County would. It would follow suit, but not quite or uh, not quite as fast. And then, we, but when the economy would prove, we would go up, but not quite as fast. So we were sort of in the middle of that, of that, of the highs and the lows, as you would have it on these economic graphs. So we're, we're blessed in that in that regard. But I think we need to be responsible for what we've got. And a billion dollars in debt is just not acceptable. Yeah. It's not acceptable. Our total budget this year is. Um, is six hundred and seventy-three million seven hundred and seventeen thousand two hundred ninety-one dollars, and and we need to manage it. We need to keep managing better. We need to keep making cuts where we can, and and we still, um, at the end of the day, though, I think we we do a, a fairly decent job, but we can always do better. Well, I noticed some of the things like some of your some of your guiding principles on your website. One of the things that you make the point the first thing is about accountability and fiscal responsibility. And, you know, setting those benchmarks and making sure that our government is responsible because business that comes in is certainly going to look at what the responsibility of the government has been. Um, so it's hard. I, I got to imagine in your position, it's very hard to balance. You know, we have the people that want the money for the schools, but at the same time, we have to be responsible with the money that we do have. So I, I know it's a fine line there. And, you know, being able to balance, I mean, you putting yourself out there and saying, look, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are for, you know, certain increases in taxes and so forth, but I've got at some point to stand on principle. How difficult has that been for you to really, you know, stand your ground and, and say, you know, $35 million, you know, let's let's go back to the state and look at how our tax revenue is being distributed. I mean, right. that takes uh, some, some courage, I would yeah, think. Yeah, well, I don't know about courage. I just, I was elected, we received 85% of the vote. And that is just unheard of in a primary. And I think we received close to 89% in the general, I believe, somewhere in that ballpark. And I say we received. I, Tim Burchett didn't receive. It's we. I had a lot of people out there that put a lot of effort into that. And I'm not just talking about the big boys who wrote the checks. I'm talking about a little little lady in East Knox County who got out in her pretty little white pantsuit out of a car. And uh, she was on her way to a, a, meet, a meeting at her church and just wanted me to have a $5 check. I mean, those kind of things. Those are the people I represent. It's not just the big boys. And the beautiful thing about this system, you know, that's why there's a curtain on that voting booth. Everybody has, from the wealthiest person to the to the poorest person, as long as they're not a convicted felon, they can go in. Well, and some <laughs> felons obviously are voting, but um, but they can go into that yeah. voting booth and, and do that. And that is a that is a very cool deal for this country. And and you know, I, and I just think right now, um, a lot of times it's being manipulated by some folks. And uh, you know, there's groups that are trying to push this thirty-five million dollar tax increase on the on the working people of this community. And we, this is the worst economy since the depression. And yet, you have these groups that are supposedly out representing business interests, yet are wanting to raise taxes on small businesses. And to me, that is just that is just it, it's it's beyond belief, actually, that 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 we could they would think that and. And, and two, it, it, the arguments are made, and I hear people say things like, well, that's just a um, uh, Starbucks uh, coffee a day, or it's a cost of a, of a, of a good meal. 
um, you know, to raise taxes that amount. And and the truth is, is that that shows how out of touch. Some Mayor's getting are. called right now by those people. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me let me let me. I, I I totally hear what you're saying, and and you know, th there's obviously for everybody who has one opinion, there are others who have sure. other opinions. And you, you know, you did get 85 percent of the vote. You obviously have a huge um, support behind you, and I think at the end of the day, people are going to look at the facts and make a judgment on ba based on the facts. And so there are people out there saying to call, you know, the representative who are going to be voting and not only the people who want the increase but also the people who don't you ought to let your voice be heard regardless of where you fall on it whether Absolutely. it's for it or against it I, um and you know real quick i just want sorry about it. i just wanted no, to, to no. frame that but i went to the leadership knoxville luncheon i guess it was a few days a couple weeks ago and one thing i really found interesting was when the governor was speaking he made it really clear to me that you know running uh, a business and running government even though there's some similarities, there's a lot of differences. I mean, you have a wide array of responsibilities. I mean, you're running several smaller little businesses and you have people who report to you. I mean, how do you manage that? That's, and then everything else that goes into well, it. Well, that's, that's the big question. You know, right now everybody's focusing on the budget and I mean, on the, uh, the school budget. And that's 62% of our budget is the right. school system and it's and it's growing i mean we're giving them 13 million additional dollars this year it's more than they've where they've received in the last three years combined yet they're wanting 30 million more on top of that and what they're not telling you is is their um the reserve fund is um they're required to keep 12 million in it and they have 30 something million dollars in the reserve in, what, the, yeah. in the reserve fund so in the first year of this spending frenzy that they'll go on they'll they could have they'll have close to 50 million dollars now spend. here's something that i don't understand because the chamber Unchecked. the Unchecked. chamber is behind this and you know we look to the chamber to give us guidance from the business side they're behind it and they're for it and well, there are some know, reasons to, to make to make good decisions you have to listen to both sides and not me or my staff was invited in. Mm. And, 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 and I understand. And, and two interesting thing, you know the largest contributor, I believe, to the Knoxville Chamber is? Is Knox County. Do you know how many members that Knox County has on that board? Mm. Zero. I thought you were going to say Apple Computers, but... Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah. We don't have the 30-plus member board, whatever is on that. There's not one person from Knox County that's on there. And that, that's that's inexcusable. Mm. And. Yeah. I appreciate the folks at the chamber. I really do. But they need to be about bringing jobs here. And we've got a board of education. We've got a multitude of, of private entities. And, um, and, and they need to address the jobs market. Well, one thing I wanted, we only have a, just a few minutes left, sure. maybe five minutes, but, you know, the cash mob that you, um, you know, started, uh, I guess, a few months back seemed to be a huge success. And now I see other cities around the area yeah. starting to do this. Um, first of all, where did you get that idea? And what might us as a community, we're, you know, in industry, in the real estate industry, you know, we'd love for people to cash mob mortgage investors group and come down to refinance, certainly. Sure. You know, the rates are low and we'd love to get your endorsement on that. But um, what can we do as a community to be involved and spend money? Because we're spending money, but, you know, maybe the Home Depot's got, I love Home Depot, but I mean. Well, we're not going to the national change right. on this thing. So uh, tell, talk to me a little bit about here's that. Here's what happened. We're out on Chapman Highway. Is another incident of um, and the the businesses out there were were hurting right? because it's right, another thing. I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. You know they put that bridge in, and they're going to take the bridge out. 
they're doing a terrible job of managing the uh, the traffic over there. It's the, the state, the pylons. Uh, you know, the businesses are getting squashed. And here's what's going to happen. We do not give those people some relief out there, and I don't know what that would be. But you're going to end up losing all those mom and pop on but the mm. muffler shops, little shops, little stores. You're going to lose them all, and you're going to replace them with some big box, multinational corporation. And you're going to replace entrepreneur, well-paying well entrepreneur jobs that, that feed families with $5 an hour greeters at, at some big box store. And I don't like that. I think government needs to quit that, and they need to start focusing on uh, the backbone of this country is the small business. It's not the, the corporate-owned farm or the corporate-owned uh, these big monstrosities that the big boys just bow bow down and, and scrape for. And so I was out there, and I was talking to those folks. We visited, I don't know, maybe eight or nine businesses one morning. Um, and then I was riding home, and I was listening to the radio, and I heard, um, what was it? Um, the Housing Hour? You no, were listening to yeah, you. I was listening to Housing Hour, and <laughs> y'all's bumper music was the Alan Jackson song, the, right. um, um, the Simple Man, not Simple Man, that's a Leonard Skinner song. Um um, working man is about yeah it's a yeah. working man, and um, he was talking about how the we're closing the you know we're losing our our businesses, mm -hmm. and I thought you know I mean God speaks to me he doesn't speak to me in an audible voice but I thought <laughs> and I thought you know Dad Gummit ought, somebody ought to do something about that and of course I said well I guess I should do something and then I suffered from insomnia and I was up probably at four or five in the morning and I saw something on the news that somebody did something similar to this at some little. Um, hardware store up north and i said well we could do that and michael greider big sexy my communications director <laughs> he got out and and put it out to the press and the media loved it and um and it made national no international actually um right. ron emory out there at emory five and dime um he was cnn and all the big boys were interviewing him about it so it really worked out well um are you going to continue to do it? Absolutely, every month. And, okay. Um, where's the Where's the next one in June? If you have one in June, can't you tell you. Okay. Well, well then. we just we are gonna we always let it let it out that week. It helps oh, that's with the great. suspense and then, absolutely. Um. Uh. And so and it and it helps the local businesses when we do that. We've we've done a couple south. We've done um north and um and some sort of mid midtown I guess mm -hmm. um, off Sutherland. So. We we'll probably uh, either go far east or west next time, right. and um, we just want to go around the county and, and pinpoint locally owned businesses. The last one was at Thresses, and they're a third generation mm. um, store. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, it, and and during this tough times in this economy, we need to focus on our locals. Well, I can't tell you how impressed that I think everybody has been with the success of it, and we definitely want to continue to contribute to it, and we'll definitely market it here on the Housing Hour, which we well, did in the past as well. And, you know, for the folks that are out there listening, you know, try to be involved. Get in touch with the people who make decisions, because they're not evil people by any means. They're good folks. They wouldn't be doing this if they didn't love their country and love their state and love their city and love their county. That's what they do, and that's why we have today Tim Burchett on our show and we can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming well, in well thank you so much i yeah. really appreciate it and um mark i kept waiting for you to jump in but you're just, you're just <laughs> i'm enjoying listening okay well thank you yeah. hey i do want to tell people yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're if, if if you want to pay 35 million dollars in taxes you need to call your commissioner and tell them to vote that way but i suspect most of the people that the taxpayers that listen to this show are probably against that call your commissioner 215-2534 215-2534 leave a message They'll get the message. And there you can email them at commission at knoxcounty.org, commission at knoxcounty.org. Please, folks, this is very close. The vote were held today, we'd lose it. I just don't yeah. think now's the time to raise taxes on working families in this community. And I have a couple of first-generation iPads that I could 
sale as well. So just Absolutely. let me know. Thanks. This is the Housing Hour. We'll be right back after these messages. East Tennessee's choice for Fox News Radio, 100.3 WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. When choosing a company to handle your home financing, you want a great rate and someone you can trust. Tennesseans turn to Mortgage Investors Group, named Tennessee's number one THDA lender, eight years running. Homegrown right here in the Volunteer State and with 15 Tennessee locations, Mortgage Investors Group takes a caring approach to the lending process, finding a program specific to your needs. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit migonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution serving Tennessee for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender. Buying a home is now more affordable than it's ever been in the last 20 years. Decline in home values coupled with rock-bottom mortgage rates makes home affordability a reality. Mortgage Investors Group is ready to help you take advantage of these dynamic market conditions. With 16 Tennessee locations, MIG has dedicated itself to taking a caring approach to your home mortgage needs to help you make your home financing your reality. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit MIGonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group. Your home loan solutions for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender. When the weather gets bad, the team gets stronger. Listen for live WATE Six Storm Team Severe Weather Updates now on 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the housing hour. Kevin Ray here. Thank you all for joining us. And real quick before we move on, I wanted to tell you all about uh, one of our sponsors, one of our companies that we believe very strongly in, and that's Admiral Title. Admiral Title is a locally owned company right here in Knox County, Knoxville, and it is uh, owned by Phyllis Burnett and Terry Adams. And they handle all of your real estate title needs from beginning to end uh, with no worries and no problems. I've never had a problem when I've worked with them. They've always taken care of everything from beginning to end. And, you know, when you're dealing in real estate and you're purchasing a home or you're refinancing and, you know, you're dealing with a lot of numbers and just a lot of things that somewhat are confusing if you're not working with the right people, you need to have the trusted advisor on your side. You're going to have the mortgage lender, mortgage investors group. You're going to have the right real estate agent. You're going to have with using 
Admiral Title, the right title company. And you know what? If you're a realtor or a lender out there and you're looking to work with somebody that is trusted, somebody that has the experience needed to do the job right, Call them today, 865-531-6060. And also, if you're buying a house cash, you don't need a mortgage. Great. That's awesome. You can call them directly and they can handle it as well. So again, it's Admiral Title, 531-6060. All right. Well, I am very happy to have in Dr. Mike Simpson coming in again. Um, As you all may remember, he is our energy expert. Um, He is an expert in many fields. Um, He is a professor. He is also a scientist. Um, He is also, I believe, a uh, business, business administrator. What was your other job title for? No, I'm assistant director of the Bredesen Center. Assistant director. So he's got he's got quite a few things going on. And you know, we, as you all know, we've talked several shows in a row and and periodically about energy and how important that is to not only our, our economy but also to our future um, housing cost. And I know that you were able to listen to some of uh, the archive shows, correct? I was. I listened to all three of those. Well, yeah. Tell me what your impression was from what you heard first, and then we'll, we'll dig in. Well, first of all, I'd like to commend you because you've really put together quite a lineup of people to talk about Thanks, energy. Thank you to Mark. Well, yeah. actually, thank you because you uh, introduced us to Dr. Jackson. I did. Yes, That's you did. Right. Well, congratulations to me for that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I thought this has just been a great series, and, and it, it's really nice to hear this discussed in just such a rational, non-politicized sort of way, just, you know, just kind of get the facts out there. So uh, thank you so much for, for putting that together. I think you did a great job. I think the other thing you noticed is, is you got a lot of the same thing. You talked to different experts, look at this from different points of view, and you got a lot of the same things. From, from all of them and a lot of the same things that you got from me the first time I was here. So I think you can see that there's some real consensus building around how we can kind of deal with these issues. And sort of over and over again, I think you heard you heard the mantra is the first thing you have to do is you have to evaluate. You have to know where you are with your energy usage and where your inefficiencies are. And then the idea is don't go out and spend a gazillion dollars right away, but have a plan, a plan for how you're going to reduce your energy use. And that plan would typically go as you replace things, right? You, you wouldn't replace a brand new heat pump right now for energy efficiency, but when you have to replace your heat pump, perhaps you look into geothermal or, you know, other high efficiency ways to heat and cool your house. And geothermal, just so that the listeners, maybe they didn't listen last week or whenever Harvey was on, is where they tap into the ground basically inside the earth that stays a a medium temperature, uh, 60 degrees, I think. So you're able to use that to cool or heat. Right. That's correct. And that's something that I think people are often confused. So would you, would you mind us a short little lecture on how heat pumps work? Absolutely. (laughs) Because I know ours is very inefficient. Yeah. So heat pumps, this is this confuses a lot of people. When it's cold outside, how does a heat pump take heat from outside and put heat in your house? And I, Are that, you asking that question to me? Well, <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. It's, okay. it's a rhetorical question. Yeah, <laughs> no. but if you've got an answer, no, I, I'll I do, do not. Okay. And uh, the, the thing there is, I'm going to give you an analogy and see if this helps you a little bit. I want you to think about sort of mid uh, medieval England and kings. Kings could be very rich, even though everybody else around them was very poor. And they got rich by taking money from everybody else. So... Sounds like modern day. Yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs) And so that that was the deal, right? Is that he got... The king got very rich by taking little bits of money Mm -hmm. away from lots and lots of people that weren't very rich. Okay? And that's exactly how heat pump works. It makes your house very warm by taking little bits of heat from lots of air outside your house. Mm. But the colder it gets, the less energy 
each of each molecule of that air has. Mm. So it, it's harder and harder to to collect the heat tax, if you like. Mm-hmm. Okay. If when it gets warmer, it's easier to do that. So if I if I actually have my coil in the ground where my heat transfer takes place, mm. you can think of that as having richer people paying taxes to the king because they have more energy. That's okay. deep. <laughs> yeah. And so that's how you that's not just you, a coil, but that yeah. philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so that's how it works. You know, that energy the, the earth is a big sink of energy. You know, mm. the earth has had the sun shining on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so it's how long? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's a, four billion years, give or take. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And uh, so there's a lot of energy that's that's trapped there. I mean, even in, in Alaska, you get you get deep enough, you get under the permafrost and the and the earth is quite warm under there. Mm. And so you can you can collect that energy much more efficiently from a warm area than so you can from a cold why, area. why, okay, okay, so KUB, for instance, or let's say TVA, and I know they're working on it, mm-hmm. um, but it would seem to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, and Mark, you step in if I'm stepping over toes or on toes, but why... When I look at a budget for Knox County, for instance, mm-hmm. we just had Mayor Burchett on. When I look at the you know, budgets for all you know, metropolitan areas and all municipalities, I don't see a huge chunk of money going into research. But, but yet, that seems to me to be where a lot of money should be pouring into. Yeah, well, most of your research budget, of course, is at the state and federal level. And so, you know, at the state level, most of your research budget will be for, you know, funding the universities. And but are we like spending that. enough money as a, as a country? Well, I mean, that, boy, that, that gets us into a whole nother topic. You said it? politicizing. Yeah. Now we're getting into that, but no. But, but I mean, we can all, we need to be un- aware yeah. of what we need to do. But, but Mike, it, it seems like a lot of the scientists that I talk to have to raise their own monies. Well, uh, they yeah. have to become businessmen and salespeople at these, uh, which you know, some so are very difficult. <laughs> I mean, it was it, it's kind of interesting. I was up doing something at midnight the other night, work wise, and and you know, so it just occurred to me, what am I spending all my time on? Why why am I still doing this at midnight? You know, <laughs> what do I spend all my time on? And certainly, one of the conclusions I came to is I spend an inordinate amount of my time just trying to keep money in the coffers to keep. Right. And all the research going. Mm. And, you know, I would say when I started my career 20-something years ago that, you know, I probably spent 10 or 15% of my time trying to keep money going for the research. And I probably spend half my time now just trying to keep money in the coffers to keep the research going. And it seems like these scientists, uh, with Dr. Jackson, uh, Frank Rapley that we had on, uh, Harvey uh, Abalata, uh, it seems like all these guys have an incredible amount of passion, you know, from, from yeah. just the research level, what they do. And so, I mean... I didn't know scientists were passionate. And I thought they were just kind of static kind of guys. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's interesting. You sort of had kind of the big bang theory of what scientists are like, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bazinga, right? Yeah. right? Hope that wasn't copyrighted. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you think about it, people that go into science easily could have gone into more lucrative fields, right? I mean, they could have, you know, for the amount of time you spend in school. I was in, I was in college for 12 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for the amount of time you spend in college to get educated to be able to do science at the highest levels, you you could have gone to medical school. You could there's all kinds of other things you could have done. So you didn't do it for financial gain. 
Right. So, I mean, the, about the only thing left is your passion for the science. And so, so that's, that's why you see people be just very passionate about what they're doing when they're in the science. So all this research we, we found and discovered, Dr. Jackson, and all of these guys, plus you included, um, you know, we talked about sealing and we've talked about insulation and getting all these things. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, then you can go into in, uh, to, to the renewable energy sources, right. like the solar, solar panels. What's your takeaway from all of this? Uh, like I said, you know, the, the thing you heard over and over was is if you don't measure it, you're not going to control it. Okay, so and, and I, I, maybe we'll get a chance to talk a little bit about smart grid before we finish up here. So certainly one of the issues is, is that, you know, when you use energy, when you flip on a light switch, you don't know, you don't realize that you're spending money as you do it. If there was a meter in your house, if, if the meter wasn't outside, and if it was something you could read easily, a great big LCD display that was, mm. you know, clicking over money signs as, as you used up energy, your energy use would go down. Yes. You know, trust me, it's kind of like if you don't pay any attention to your credit card bill, you spend a lot of money on your credit card, but the minute you start saying, hmm, I got to pay that back, <laughs> you know, your credit card doesn't get charged. It changes well, your pattern. It changes your pattern, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so one of, the, one of the issues that we have right now is we don't monitor our usage. You know, yeah, we flip right. on lights, you know, we keep our, you know, you keep your TV plugged in all the time and it turns out that draws energy even when the TV's turned off. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything that you keep plugged in. Oh, okay. I need to unplug my TVs. Yeah. Then. So seriously, I mean, one of the things you can do to reduce energy is you can get a smart strip mm-hmm. and a, with a smart strip, you know, you can, you can Turn click it, it off. And then you just click if it. If you can up. get behind the TV, that is. <laughs> well, or put the smart strip where you can get to it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that well, sort of thing. Well, real, because yeah. I know we don't have a ton of time, but um, Mark asked a question about what you thought about it. So I want to frame it so that you can, because I want to talk about the smart grid also. So the evaluate, reduce, and produce. Mm-hmm. So he just explained that, you know, you got to seal, you got to evaluate, then you got to seal, mm-hmm. then you got to think of some cost saving areas, and then you have to get into the renewable energies, which there's all kinds of technology you can get into. Right. Solar, I mean, there's, you know, the geothermal. Mm-hmm. which sounds very interesting. So from your perspective, if you could just unpack for us, you know, what that average person that's been listening to this series, what might be some action steps and then, you know, kind of somehow go into the, the, the smart grid and, and the future of what that's going to mean and what we, what we see in the future. Okay. Well, certainly I think that your experts have told you what the, what the action steps are. You know, you get this evaluation, you get this report, and then you start executing your plan to do the reduced part. And that'll be the inexpensive part. That'll be the part that'll pay off very quickly. The economics get very tough when you start generating your own power. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we don't happen to actually be in a sweet spot for renewable energy. You know, yeah. we don't have a lot of wind here. You know, we've got all these hills and valleys and things like solar that. Solar is expensive. And solar is, is relatively expensive. Even though it's cut, been cut in half from what Harvey said. Right, it has. I mean, I, if I remember his number correctly, he said it's $5 per installed watt. So 10-watt yeah. system, $50,000. Used uh, to be well, 100000 kilowatt system. Kilowatt. Yeah, right. $50,000. Yeah, so right. a 10-kilowatt system will power, a, will power a whole house while the sun's shining. Right. Okay. And I think that's something he didn't get into was this idea of having to store energy. When you do renewables, um, you know, the cheap way to do renewable right now is I put a, I put a solar panel on my house and I tie it back into the grid. Mm, okay. And so and this ha- is the smart grid thing? Well, no, this oh. is just the grid. Okay, you know, the so grid. I just, I just right. tie it back into the grid. So, you know, it makes electricity and then I put the electricity on the grid is mm-hmm. what I literally I do. Mm-hmm. Use it or lose it. Yeah, well, what happens is, is if I use it, then, of course, I use it in my house. If I don't use it, it goes on to the grid and somebody else... You get credit else, for it. Right, and somebody else uses it. That's the zero net. You can get to the zero net. 
energy. You can, yeah, yeah, you can, but I don't store any of it. It's either either I use it or somebody else uses it right then. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you can have systems that store, so I can have big battery systems, right? So I can have a solar panel that charges my batteries, and my batteries can run my house. Mm-hmm. And so you can do it that way, and then you could literally power your house. You know, if you had a big enough solar system, twenty four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Off, off of a solar system. So, so we have three minutes left or less. Mm-hmm. So, talk about the smart grid. Okay, and we got to have him back again. This oh, we'll definitely have him back. Again. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Well, so the problem now, and I do want to point out a couple of things that I noticed. I, I don't know if you noticed that that uh, that uh, Frank Rapley talked about when we reduce energy in our home use, we actually reduce the cost for everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that, but that's a very important point. Is, is I that, did, yeah, I you remember know, that, yeah. That the less energy that you have to pump out, the cheaper it actually gets to pump that energy out to everybody. Mm. So if, if we all reduce, if that went viral, if we reduce the amount of energy that we use, it would actually, the energy we do uh, deliver would become cheaper. They would have, you know, there would be fewer power plants that would have to be built, and it's just easier to to get the power out, and it's cheaper. Now, the smart grid. One of the things the smart grid does is right now the grid's pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say that the grid's actually pretty smart, but compared to what it could be, it's pretty right. dumb. It's running and, on a three eighty six processor. Yeah, we we <laughs> we push the power out there, and then, and then you plug it in, and you know you use it, and things like that. But there's expensive times to make power and there's cheap times to, to make power, or use power, I should say. And if, if the smart grid could kind of keep up with these loads and could direct things around, um, you know, depending on when it was cheap to make it and things like that, we could actually deliver power cheaper. Mm. And so one of the big things would be if we could reduce our power usage and stop putting our capital budget into power plants and start putting our capital budgets into a smarter grid, Okay. then this becomes kind of a feedback loop. It's like, you know, mm. that makes it cheaper to make power than being able to put our capital budget into smart grid makes it cheaper to distribute power, mm. which makes it cheaper. So you just go down and down and down. How much does it cost to build a nuclear plant? Oh gosh, a billion uh, dollars. Of this. So if we yeah. could, we could just well, throw overruns four billion. <laughs> yeah, because, well, we're, we've just now put another one on mm-hmm. board, and there's another one that they're going to start, which they mm-hmm. say is going to be done by 2020. You know, I'm just thinking that is a long time away. Right. I mean, there's power plants that were started, you know, nuclear power plants that were started in the 70s and aren't finished yet. Yeah. I mean, that's so, just unheard. And so yeah. the smart grid certainly would be in conjunction with us all. All of this, because one thing I have learned is that it's not one thing that you can do. It's a combination of several things to make us better you need a comprehensive plan right and then the other thing i would say is is you've actually got to over decades you have to execute the plan Mm -hmm. and i think one of the problems we have is is we have a plan and then five years later we change it and five years later we change it like every four years yeah and then we (laughs) yeah and then we have power plants that you know sit around for 40 years unfinished right because we didn't execute our plan yeah or like this latest dilemma where they've asked for several hundred more million there was a leadership breakdown from what I heard on the Ed and Bob show right here on WNOX. Well, unfortunately, we were running out of time. How much time do we have? About a minute. We're going to have to wind up, but I just want to tell you how much we appreciate you coming in and spending the time with us and taking the time to listen to our archive shows, and we're going to have to have you back real soon. Any closing yeah. remarks? We got we have David Lee from DOE coming on in, in a couple of weeks. Okay, yeah, that's great. Well, no, I guess my only closing remarks is you guys have done a great service, so if we could just all get together on this energy thing, we could make a difference. Can't we all just get along? We'll Can't be right you. back after these messages.
Fox News Radio Source, 100.3 WNOX. At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely, attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at tanox.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to being your home loan solution. It's just that simple. With over 22 years of experience in the home financing business and over 60,000 clients, MIG is Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender. Whether you're looking to upgrade your current home, purchase your first home, or need to simply refinance to a lower rate, now is the time to move. There has never been a better time to buy a home than there is today. Record low rates, great selection of homes for sale, and sellers ready to sell. This environment will not last forever. Mortgage Investors Group has money to lend, experienced loan officers to guide you, and a singular focus of helping you. Contact us and we will help you realize your American dream today. MIGonline.com or 865-691-8910. Equal housing lender, Tennessee license number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group. When it's time to buy a home or take advantage of terrific refinancing options, put your trust in Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender for over 20 years. With 15 locations in the state of Tennessee, Mortgage Investor Group offers a diversified line of products that takes a caring approach to the lending process that ensures each loan fits your individual needs. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit MIGonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution serving Tennessee for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender. Clearly, your best choice for news talk. 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again... The Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. In just a moment, we're going to have Richard Swan with the Coast Guard Auxiliary. He is a public officer, public affairs officer with the Coast Guard Auxiliary. But before I do, I do need to tell you guys about a company that uh, we uh, like a lot here at the Housing Hour, and that is Capital Financial Group. Capital Financial Group is a company that uh, you all have heard me talk about many times before, and they take care of all of your financial needs, whether that be uh, you need somebody to help you with estate planning, tax planning, financial planning. They do all of that uh, in one shop. And, you know, Bobby and his team do a great job. They take care of what you need. They'll interview you and try to determine what it is that your goals are. And then from there, they're going to 
put together a plan and put that in place so that you will be able to uh, meet your goals. And the difference between what I think they do and others is that they really care. I know everybody says they do, but they really do. I can tell. I work with them all the time. We did the Habitat House with his team, and we really enjoyed that. But I'd love for you to give them a call. It's 865-246-1680, Capital Financial Group. Well, you heard the Coast Guard theme song coming in, and we have to thank Richard for coming in and talking to us. Thank you so much for coming in, Richard. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Richard, just so everybody knows, he's also known as Rick Wick, Rick Swan with WNOX in 19, what, 80 what? 81. 81. He was here uh, rolling the discs or whatever you called it. It was disco? <laughs> it was, was it disco? No, it was country music. Oh, okay. Country music <laughs> with Rick Swan from 8 to 9 on WNOX. So anyway, we also wanted to let everybody know that he did that. But more importantly, um, Mortgage Investors Group is his paying job. He is a senior loan officer. Is that what you call yourself? A senior yes. senior loan officer at Mortgage Investors Group. He's been there for quite a long time. 12 years. 12 years. Um, and, you know, he's just been a, a great asset to our company. And Richard, just real quick before we get to the Goodwill segment, which is about, you know, the, the fact that you just went through uh, Boat Safety Week, correct? Yes. And so real quick before that, let's talk a little bit about your job at MIG. I know that you're very busy right now. What's going on in the market? People are buying homes, that I can tell, and refinancing. Rates are low. What are you seeing out there? Rates are fantastic, and it's a great opportunity not only for people to be looking to move up in the market, but also for first-time buyers. I had a couple come in the other day, and um, on just her income alone, we were able to qualify her for a $115,000 loan. It's $200 less than they are currently paying wow. in rent. That's and great. she was amazed. She's like, well gosh, that's less than I'm paying in rent. Right. And it is. And and she's going to end up getting more space than what she's currently got in the apartment, probably get a garage for her car and the still tax be saving savings. $200 a month. And that doesn't include the tax savings exactly. that she may have. That's phenomenal. So your business, you do purchases and you do refinances and you're, you work with real estate agents out in the field here. And I know that one of the things that a lot of lenders are doing is they're doing a lot of refinances and maybe they're, they're putting the real estate community Community on the back burner for for what reason I have no idea but I know that you specifically don't do that you're always doing listing flyers I see you doing that all the time so you feel uh, very important to keep that relationship uh, on the on the front burner with the realtor community yes in fact I've got a deal that I just got yesterday that we are closing by the end of the month uh, because they had sold their house they've got to be out by the end of the month they took time to find a house they finally found that so two weeks you're gonna get it closed yes well, through MIG. Oh, yeah. Now, well, that's incredible. Other other lenders are telling realtors 60 days. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, banks in a lot of cases are only able to get you closed within 90 days on a refinance. And MIG, obviously, we're saying 30 days or less on a purchase. Um, and even on refinances, if, if it's a situation where we can get it done, we'll get it done within 30 days. Yes. So anyway, that's a little bit about Richard Swan. You can reach him at MIG online slash, is it Richard Swan? Yes. Okay. And also at 865-691-8910. You can talk to Richard or any of our loan officers or go to MIGonline.com. So let's shift gears a little bit here, Richard. You know, tell me a little bit about what you do. I know there's lots of things that you are involved in with the auxiliary, but for instance, one of the things I think the question that people ask all the time and they don't know where to go is, do you have to be licensed to operate a boat? Just simple question, but you know, talk a little bit about the answer to that and then others. 
It is a simple question. It's not necessarily a simple answer. Right. If you were born after January the 1st, 1989, then yes, you do have to have a boating safety certification Mm. in order to operate a boat by yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a legal adult who is over roughly right now about the age of 23, um, they do not have to be licensed. And if they are on the boat and can rarely take over the operation of the boat from you, then you don't have to be licensed. But to operate a boat on your own or to operate a jet ski, and that's what we're seeing in many cases, the family takes the jet ski out, they anchor in a cove, and they let everybody go drive the jet ski, and many of those kids are not licensed or jet ski have is not a boat. been... I mean, yes, it is a boat. And and that's really a part of why the law was created. Mm-hmm. It began in, 19, in 2005, and it basically was to address getting some type of education before you just go out there and have unlimited horsepower. Well, let's be honest. I mean, safety is such a big concern. All of our lakes, we have so much recreational activities happening on the lakes. And when the summer months come, you know, some people unfortunately might partake in alcoholic beverages and not be as safe as they really should be. And one of the reasons that your position exists is to help educate the community, help to shine a spotlight on why it's important to be licensed, not drive a boat unless you're licensed, because there's certain ages that you guys have determined that you're responsible to handle that type of craft. Right. It actually begins at age 12. Okay. So you can handle any size vessel as long as you've completed a safety certification course. So my child, who is now 13, he passed his test when he was 11, and he could take a 78-foot houseboat out on the water by himself and people don't realize that so education is important to begin to get those boaters into understanding more about the laws on the water and about how to operate a vessel well let's get down into a little bit more detail with some of the rules because i know when i go out with my sister and we always have to have a life jacket per person and all that tell me you know what the rules are about life jackets right and many people don't realize that but you have to have a life jacket for every person on board more importantly the life jacket has to fit oh yes so yes. a lot of times they'll buy a bunch of kids life jackets and say oh well we've got them and that guy and, and, and then, a little life yeah, jacket then they get the 250 pound guy <laughs> who's got either one of the collar vests and he can't really even get it around his neck or he has a personal flotation device that's a small adult and it doesn't fit him that is not going to be counted by a law enforcement agency as being meeting your legal requirements. And you can be ticketed for that? You can be ticketed for that. Can you be that. jailed? Um, no, they would not jail you <laughs> okay. for that unless you just really got out of line with now, it. Now, which brings me to my next question. Is it legal to have an open container on board? And I'm assuming you don't mean Dr. Pepper. Uh, that is correct. Okay. It is, in Tennessee, it is legal to have You're an open me. container on the boat. It is actually legal for the driver to have an open container. Now, Good old Tennessee. <laughs> exactly. Well, in, the, in the most states it is. Okay. But... For word of caution, Mm -hmm. if you're the operator of the vessel, then I would strongly suggest that you not have an open container in front of you Mm -hmm. simply because if you're stopped... You might spill it on yourself. 
exactly that. <laughs> and the more you've had, the more likely that's to happen. Right. But if you're stopped, then probably the, the officer right. is more likely to look at you more stringently right. if he's seeing an open container right in front of you right. while you're operating the boat, especially if he saw signs of reckless operation. Absolutely. And, and everybody that has had a beer before knows that depending on how long you have been drinking, you know, you're going to have a buzz after a couple of beers. And, you know, for just the safety of your kids and the other people on the waterways, goodness gracious, if you're going to drive, just don't drink. I mean, let's just say that. And what a lot of people don't realize is the effects of alcohol are accelerated mm. in the sun because you tend to get more dehydrated. Okay. And because you're less hydrated, the effects of the alcohol in your bloodstream are greater and you tend to have another drink because you're feeling thirsty. Is there a blood alcohol level content? It's uh, 0.08. Okay. The same Mark, you have a question? Yeah, Richard, uh, you know, on Sunday afternoon, especially during the summer, a lot of people are flying around out there. I mean, is there speed? Uh, how does that work? There are no wake zones, but there are no speed limits in other areas. A no wake zone, then you need to operate your vessel with actually at, at a speed to where you're not creating any wake on the water. Even in all. the middle of the lake? No, there's no wake zone. Only if you are in a no wake zone. Okay. Um, and, yeah. For instance, uh, the marina around Fox Road, uh, Fort Loudon, uh, uh, Concord Marina right there, that whole channel now is a no wake zone. It didn't used to be. But usually in the middle of the channel out in the lake, there are not no wake zones. And, and you know, use common sense also. Yes. I mean, that has to be a part of this because, you know, if you, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've definitely had my fair share of alcohol beverages in my past. And if I had, you know, the opportunity to be driving a Sea Ray boat under that little bridge, uh, I guess over in Farragut near Concord Park, I mean, there's probably a good chance that if you are, you know, tipsy, you're going to hit, you're not going to be able to, to, to make that happen. So just use common sense out there. Right. That's another thing. Tell and me, we want people to have fun. We want yeah. people to enjoy boating, but at the same time, be aware of those around you and, and don't ruin your boat by having, ruin your day by having an accident or right. getting in trouble. Tell me something the average person out there doesn't know about boating. We got about a minute left. You are actually responsible for the wave behind your boat, which oh. is called the wake. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lot of big ocean-going really cruisers here, 48, 50-foot cruisers that are capable of putting out some pretty big waves. If you pass a cove where three or four boats are anchored together and tied up, and you rock all of those boats and somebody's China Falls or somebody you're damages their boat, you're actually responsible for that damage. Rick Swan, a.k.a. Richard Swan, here with us. And I want to tell you and also Dr. Simpson and Mayor Burchett, thank you for coming in, our great guests. Uh, this show is produced and given to you by Mortgage Investors Group. Uh, thank you, Shine, and thank you, Mark. We'll be back next week. Thank you again. This is the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray. I said the right thing, but a mother used the wrong line. But I must use the wrong call Hit us in a bad place And I wonder what it's good for I've been in a right place That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and the why not. You need to know, so come here to find out. This program is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.